Hello, I'm Tash and you're listening to episode 187 of Chat Disney. Welcome back to another episode of the Chat Disney podcast and I am flying solo again today as Mercedes is currently still in Walt Disney World although by the time this episode goes out she will be back in the UK and we will be catching up with her about her trip all next week. But today I am dedicating this episode to all things spooky as it is the month of October, not quite Halloween yet and we are going to be talking all about Hocus Pocus. I'm going to be having a bit of a discussion with my very own husband, Benji Lamb, about the original, which he has never seen before, and I'm going to be doing a full review of Hocus Pocus 2, now available on Disney+. Plus. But before that, let's have a quick look at what has been happening in the world of Disney this week. So starting off this week with some news from the park that is closest to home, Disneyland Paris, and poor old Stitch, he took a bit of a tumble this week at his meet and greet spot. He was running over to get to his platform and he slipped on the wet floor and was down for a few seconds. Poor old Stitch, hope he made a very quick recovery. And Disneyland Paris have also announced that they are no longer partners of the Radisson Blue, the Dream Castle Hotel and the Grand Magic Hotel. You can no longer book these hotels through the Disneyland Paris website and they will no longer be able to provide the shopping service or the Disney Express service. So if you do usually stay at one of these hotels, you will now have to book direct. Heading over to ROG Park, Disneyland, and fans have expressed disappointment as they have announced that the After Hours event, Merriest Nights, will not be returning to California this year. Very, very sad indeed. But some positive news, we do finally have a date for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway to open and it will be opening on January the 27th, 2023. So if you do have a trip planned for next year, then congratulations, you will be able to ride this attraction. We don't know yet when the rest of Toontown will be open, we're still waiting on a date, but we do know that it will be around next spring and I'm sure we will report on dates as soon as we hear them at the Chat Disney podcast. Some news that is a bit nightmarish, especially to someone like me who has a fear of heights, but guests were evacuated from the Incredicoaster at California Adventure after the launch. So if you've been on it before, you'll know that it's a launch coaster and it goes up that hill through the tunnel. Unfortunately, in the tunnel, the ride came to a halt they couldn't get it going again, so they had to evacuate guests down the steep stairs through that tunnel. Now, this is a very high ride. I don't like heights. I'm okay going on rides that go that high because they go so quickly, but the idea of then walking down at that steepness down all those stairs is an absolute nightmare for me, so I'm very glad that I wasn't there and I hope everybody got off okay. And we're also in the Disney community no stranger to the hype that these popcorn buckets can cause. Earlier this year, the Figment popcorn bucket that debuted at Walt Disney World saw ridiculously long lines and waits for people trying to get one. And we do now have a new popcorn bucket that has recently debuted in Disneyland, and it is the Zero popcorn bucket. So Zero is, of course, the little dog 
from The Nightmare Before Christmas. And again, as you can imagine, the park saw very long lines of people waiting to get the bucket. And it is expected that a lot of people there were resellers purchasing the bucket to then sell for a higher price online. Very, very controversial. We've also got some news from Walt Disney World this week and another issue with an attraction when guests saw an animatronic missing its head on It's a Small World. Not sure what was going on there and we hope that animatronic has found her head again. And they have announced the Christmas events for the festive season and tickets are now on sale for Mickey's most merriest celebration which starts on November the 8th. So if you are wanting to go to this after hours event, Make sure you do get your tickets as they do sell out fast. And very exciting news for Guardians fans. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is going to be getting a holiday overlay for the festive season. Very, very exciting. Disney recently announced this and they have said that the ride will feature a new song that is going to be a mashup of seasonal songs so very excited to hear a little bit more about this obviously I'm not a Guardians fan and I have not been on this attraction but I love Christmas so I really want to see how they incorporate Christmas into this attraction so that is very very exciting and a little bit of news from Hong Kong Disneyland as well and we have had our first look at the Frozen Castle that is being built in Arundel in the Frozen section of Hong Kong and it is expected to be a bit of a spectacular sight to see within the park so cannot wait again to see the finished land uh, hopefully at some point next year. There is also going to be a Disney immersive experience now this is going to debut in Toronto and it is going to be heading to the US but only I think it's about eight cities around the US so places like Las Vegas um I can't even remember what was on on the list um but it looks really cool if you have a look at it online it basically is transporting you into the world of various Disney movies and Disney songs it looks really really cool I really hope that at some point it comes to London but I'm not going to hold my breath for it and talking of immersive experiences, we also know that there is an immersive Encanto experience. Now, this one is coming to New York from October the 8th, so it's just debuted there. And this is going to transport families into the movie for an hour-long visit filled with magic, live music, and secrets going on throughout the experience. I think you get an hour long. Now, excitingly, I'm actually going to New York in December because my father-in-law lives there. So I've already looked up tickets. They're $30 per person for adults. So of course, I'm definitely going to be checking this out when I am in New York and I'll be reporting back on that sometime around Christmas. So I'm very, very excited about this. Don't really know what to expect, but can't wait to give it a go for myself. And finally, some Marvel news. So Disneyland California Adventure are introing a new character ahead of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So I might butcher this name because I'm not a Marvel fan, as you may know. M'Baku, M'Baku is going to be making his debut at Avengers Campus soon. So if you are a Black Panther fan and you do love the meet and greet, then definitely go and check him out and meet him at the Avengers campus. And that is pretty much everything that has been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to head into the main part of the episode, talking all about Hocus Pocus.
so I am lucky enough to be joined by my husband today, Benji Lamb. Benji, welcome to Chat Disney. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, Benji, this is not your first time appearing on the podcast. You have joined Mercedes and I before, I think it was during the first lockdown, so a little while ago, but it was just after, or not long after, we had been to Walt Disney World, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we spoke to you a little bit about some of your opinions on on Disney and and what you thought of, of Disney parks and things like that. Um, but obviously life has changed a lot since you last came on the podcast. Yeah, I've got a baby now with yeah. you. You have got a baby <laughs> now with me, yes. Big, uh, there was a slight pause there, wasn't there? There was, what's yes. The, what's the big life-changing event? Oh, yeah, we've got that beautiful little boy called Theo. We have, yes. And his middle name is obviously Elias, which is my little homage to, to Walt Disney, whose middle name is Elias and his father was called Elias and um, you didn't take much convincing no. to have that. No, because I know how much it means to you, yeah. so I thought that was quite Thank a you. nice touch. Good, good. And do you think since having a child, your kind of view of, of Disney films and things like that maybe may change? Well, he's a bit too young for them at the moment. Um, however, yeah, I can imagine if he becomes fascinated in certain Disney films... And I'm sure he will because you'll be encouraging it from a young age. Um, that that will add a whole new dimension to to, to Disney because kind of seeing the world through his eyes, seeing what fascinates him. Um, and I understand when they're young, there's usually a film that you repeat, <laughs> and you have to love that film. So it might be Encanto, or it might be Tarzan, or it might be something like that. Um, so yeah, I think I think it will. I mean, I I think your love of Disney has rubbed off on me over the years anyway. And even when we went to the parks and stuff, I was reading Bob Iger's uh, biography and stuff, wasn't I? Um, found him quite inspiring as like a senior and stuff. Um, so yeah, no, but I can I can foresee that relationship with Disney changing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I think I think you've definitely come more round to Disney over the past several years. I think. When we went to Walt Disney World, obviously Mercedes is there at the moment or she's just got back by the time this episode goes out. I think one of the things or one of the things I predict Grumpy may have struggled with will be the intensity of going to the parks day in, day out, because I know that's something that you struggled with. Do you think that now we have a child, if if we were to go to Walt Disney World, do you think having a child would make that day in, day out, going to the parks every day a little bit easier? Or do you think it would be more intense? Do you think you would be, you know, letting me and him go off into the parks on our own and you'd be having some chill days? What What do you think it would be mm, like now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, because I might want to be there to see him have his experiences and have his firsts in the different parks and like what rides he loves and what attractions he loves. Then the other part of me thinks, yeah, it is important to have a day off as well, um, or a few days off um, from from the parks. There are no days off when it comes to Disney. <laughs> and am I right in thinking you have a new favourite Disney movie? Do I? Yeah. What's my new favourite Disney movie? The movie that I have caught you watching a couple of times when I've not even been in the house and I've come back Encanto. and you're watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really relate to Encanto. I really relate to is it Mirabelle. Yeah. Yeah, I really relate to Mirabelle. I, I love 
uh, you know, she's a little bit feels like a bit of an outsider in her family. And and yeah, just the way that she builds all those relationships and, and the magic and the world's really beautiful. They create the songs are amazing. Uh, all the things a myriad of people have probably said about it. But um it's just that that like inner child, you know, that really lovely endearing, warm, try-hard character that she is, I find quite inspiring. Yeah, I think she's a great character. And just in, in the news today, I was saying how they've announced that they're doing an immersive Encanto experience in New York when we are there. So we're going to get tickets, aren't we, to, we to go. There. Yeah, that would be cool. Actually. It's like going around the house and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah. casita. The casita, yeah. So, Benj, the reason I've got you on the podcast today, thank you for that nice little chat, is to help me out. Obviously, Mercedes isn't here, and it's, it's quite hard doing a podcast all, all on your own for a whole episode. And one thing that Mercedes, like me and Mercedes, like to do every now and again as a segment is a segment called A Dummy's Guide. So this basically is when the, the person, um, the dummy, in essence, um, educates our audience and our listeners on a subject they have absolutely no idea about. So if it was me, I would do a dummy's guide on the Avengers, for example. I've never seen the Avengers. I've got absolutely no idea what happens in the Avengers. But I would talk about it as if I know, and I would explain what happens in, in the movie and what all the characters do, etc., etc. Are you with me so yeah, far? Yeah. Cool. Good. Um, so what I want you to do... Today's episode is kind of dedicated to Hocus Pocus, which is a, a bit of a cult Disney movie it has become over the years. It was released in 1993. And am I correct in thinking you have never seen this movie? No. Okay. Never seen it. So it didn't do very well when it was first released. It actually lost the Walt Disney Company money, quite a lot of money. But it's over time, it's a Halloween movie, of course. It's over time that audiences have kind of grown to love it and with the nostalgia 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 I can never say that word with the nostalgia people now love this movie and I've got friends that you know aren't even into Disney and they absolutely love this movie watch it year in year out every Halloween and it has become something of a, of a cult classic within the, the Walt Disney Company they recently made a sequel, which I'm going to review at the end of this podcast. And the sequel was made 29 years later, so a long time coming. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you an image of the front cover, the original VHS front cover of this movie. And I want you to do your dummy's guide on Hocus Pocus and say what you think happens in this movie. Okay. Okay? So okay. Here, is a, here is a picture of, of the movie. For listeners, it's the classic image of the three Sanderson sisters with the title Hocus Pocus above it. So there's some other Google images here, Benj, that you can see. So what do you think happens in this movie? Okay, so you've given one thing away, which is that they're sisters. Yes. Um, so what I think happens is that they are three normal sisters living in <laughs> America suburbia somewhere working in like accountancy firms or something and they wake up one morning and discover that somehow they are magic <laughs> and it's about them and, oh and but it's but not just that they're magic they're also somehow 
the hero roles in in a, in this adventure that's unfolding, and there is an evil evil witch um, who is the villain, uh, and they're pitched against that evil evil witch, um, and they're like, oh, "How can we do this? We're just like accountancy clerks or whatever." Is that even the right expression? I don't know. How can we? How can we? Um, how can we win this? How can we learn the magic? And it's all about how they have to go on these adventures through their life that they were living to then find the magic that <laughs> that was already in their life. But it's kind of a different dimension of that magic, which is now real magic because they're actually witches. Um, and then they're pitted against this evil, evil witch. Um, and... Um, they, they they wonder if they have to throw their cat in the cauldron, but they don't because they love their cat. <laughs> okay. Then that's the end? Uh, they have an epic battle, um, and then they win, and then they come back and return to their life and realise their life was magic all along. Okay, so a nice, a nice happy yeah. ending, a nice moral to the story. You could not be further from the truth, <laughs> but I do really like the sound of the movie that you are <laughs> you are proposing. Can I just ask you before I explain to you what happens in this movie? Do you recognise any of these Sanderson sisters? No, I don't think so. Do you not know who this is, the blonde one? No, that is so. Miss Carrie Bradshaw from oh, Sex and the City. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, Sarah Jessica oh, Parker. Yeah. And she has returned in uh, oh, really? 29 in years way. later to reprise the role. Yeah, she's like the, the ditzy sister. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're, you're quite far from, mm. uh, from, from the truth. So they are three sisters, and I did give that away. Um, however, they are, are witches born and bred, witches through and through. Um, and they're, they're evil witches. Mm. They're not good witches. Mm. So... Um, Basically, they live in Salem, it's set in Salem, and in the 1600s or or whatever, they basically get discovered for eating children and caught that they're witches, so they get hung. But before they get hung, they set a curse so that there is a, a candle called the Black Flame Candle, and if it is lit by a virgin on ha- All Hallows' Eve, Halloween, then they can come back from the dead. So, cut to 1993, thousands of years later, and of course we have a nice young American virgin, and he finds the black flame candle, and he lights it. And obviously, what do you think happens? The Sanderson sisters are resurrected, and they come back, and they wreak havoc among the whole of Salem. They basically now want to find a spell that is going to keep them alive or whatever um, for for the rest of however long to, to come. Where's Salem? Salem. Salem's in America. Salem is like the home of the original witches. Okay. So if you went to Salem, I'm pretty sure you'd see like witch stuff yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where exactly yeah, it is. I but know I know Salem, I don't know where it is. Yeah, it's it's very much you know, like in Sabrina, the yeah. cat is called Salem. Yeah, I yeah. just don't know where it is ge- geographically. Um no, I don't either. Um we'll have to look that up. Um and yeah, so the movie is basically about them um trying to uh yeah, trying to find out how they can they can stay alive forever um and obviously at the end of the movie they basically there's a few the boy who sets fire sets fire who lights the candle to bring them back um and his little sister and his love interest um 
they kind of go about their business trying to stop the Samson sisters and get rid of them. And then they do succeed at the end. And it did leave it open for a sequel. The Sanderson sisters have a magic book with all their spells in it and it has a seeing eye on the front. And at the very end of the movie, we see the eye continue to move, which always left it open for a sequel, Mm. I think, as to whether or not they would come back one day. And the sequel obviously happened 29 years later. Mm. Um, What do you think? Do you think it sounds better than your movie? I think they both are credible. Yeah, I think I think so too. Maybe maybe we'll see your one as a, as a spin-off or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, as I say, when it first came out, it was a massive flop. It didn't do that well or still hasn't rated that well on IMDb. I think it's a 6.9 on IMDb, so not amazing. Not the worst. Um, but yeah, it has over time become a bit of a cult classic. Lots of people really, really love this movie. You get people dressing up as the Sanderson sisters every <coughs> Halloween, going into the Disney parks recently. Obviously, the sequel has come out, and recently as a promo, Disney did a really cool little thing where they had Minnie, Daisy, and Clarabelle dressed as the Sanderson sisters, which was a really, really nice little touch. So, yeah, thank you for helping me go through all of that today, Ben. And so very informative and educational. Good, good. I feel like I've learnt a lot. Do you think you'll want to watch it now? Yeah, I kind of do. I just want to know where Salem is. Salem is. Salem. Shall we have a look? Yeah, I think that's important. So I actually have no idea where Salem is. It's in Massachusetts. Oh. There we go. Who knew? Cool. So thank you very much, Benji, um, for helping me out today. And I'm now going to move on straight away to doing my review of Hocus Pocus 2. (laughs) So the highly anticipated Hocus Pocus 2 was released to Disney Plus at the very end of September, just in time for Halloween. And I have now had the pleasure of watching it. And so I'm going to share some of my thoughts, positives and negatives about the movie. So I think when they announced the movie, I think it was last year that they announced they were doing Hocus Pocus 2. It took the internet by storm. I mean, this was such a huge cult classic almost for for a lot of people and you know not even within just the Disney community I've got friends who aren't really into Disney at all who are absolutely obsessed with Hocus Pocus and and watch it every Halloween without fail so there's a lot of people that were very very excited about this movie Disney fans non-Disney fans it's hugely nostalgic for a lot of people mine and Mercedes age, you know, we're, char- we're children of the 90s. The original was released in 1993. So it's hugely nostalgic for a lot of people and a movie that a lot of people choose to watch year after year on Halloween. And as I say, because of how it is, it's it's kind of developed that cult following almost. Um, I mean, I had a look on IMDb actually earlier to see how it rated um in terms of um reviews and it actually didn't do amazingly well it only has a 6.9 out of 10 um on imdb which which isn't terrible um this is the original i'm talking about which isn't terrible but again it's not not amazing for the following that that it has um but again like i say i think it's just because it's so nostalgic for for a lot of people i think that people that maybe didn't see it in the 90s and watch it now might think it's you know, some of the CGI with Binks the Cat, for example, is is shocking. I mean, very of its time. 
And people probably may think that it's a bit, you know, they probably don't see what all the hype is about, I would suspect, for, for a lot of people. But nevertheless, 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 whatever, <laughs> I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. So Hocus Pocus 2, they announced it last year. Lots of people incredibly excited about it. Um, we knew that it was going to have a different director. So, so Kenny Ortega directed the original and this one was going to be directed by Anne Fletcher. And she directed some of the episodes of This Is Us, which is also available on Disney+. And we knew that we were getting the original cast. So Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Namiji as the Sanderson sisters. And we were going to have Doug Jones um, reprising his role of Billy Butcherson, the zombie. So when the movie debuted on Disney Plus on, I think it was September 30th it debuted, it has basically broken records for, for Disney Plus and it has become the number one premiere on Disney Plus with a record number of streams in the first three days of release. And I think from everything that I was just saying in the introduction there, that's absolutely no surprise. This movie was hugely, hugely hyped and a lot of people were very, very excited about it. I've looked at some reviews since watching the movie and they are really a mixed bag. I think the overall impression that I'm getting is people like to see the characters again. They like the nostalgia, but the plot wasn't great and overall it wasn't necessary, the movie. They didn't need to, to do it again, which is often the way with, with sequels, let's be honest. And having a look at IMDb for the rating, it did slightly worse than the, the first one. And it's got a 6.1. So again, not terrible, but, but not amazing. So just to run through the premise of the movie briefly before I start talking about what I liked and what I didn't like. There will be spoilers in this. So if you haven't seen the movie, then skip now or, or switch the podcast off because I am going to be talking about the plot. So it is set in present day Salem again, and we have a couple of teenagers who manage to get their hands on a black flame candle for an annual birthday ritual um, that they do. And of course, by accident, they happen to bring back the Sanderson sisters. And the Sanderson sisters then, you know, they wreak their usual havoc. They're running around trying to get things to create a spell to make them all powerful. They then discover that the mayor of Salem is a descendant of the reverend who basically cursed, not cursed them um, at the beginning of the film. He basically banished them from, from Salem and turned everyone against them. So I should have added that the beginning of the movie opens with a flashback of them as three children. Um, and they kind of get turned on by, by the um, local villagers because Winifred won't marry um, another young boy um which doesn't go down too well with with the villagers so the reverend basically banishes them from from salem so they find out that his descendant is now the mayor of salem and they vow to take um revenge and and use him to make this all-powerful spell in order for them to basically create revenge on Salem for being mistreated all those years ago. Um, but by luck of the draw or by turn of events, one of the girls, she becomes a witch. It's her 16th birthday. Just so happens that she's got magic powers. Who knew? And Book actually chooses her. Book has more of a mind of his own 
um, his own, her own, its own, who knows. Book has more of a mind of its own in this movie. So it chooses um, this new young witch, I forget her name now, um, to kind of be be the master of, not the master, be the master of him, I guess so. Um, but yeah, he chooses her and she now has access to, to all the spells. So Winifred, anyway, she remembers this spell that will make her all powerful. So she conducts it anyway. But what she doesn't realise, because she doesn't have the book, so she can't read the warning that comes with the spell, is that it is it is at the price of what you hold most dearly that basically gets sacrificed. And what does Winifred hold most dearly? Her sisters. So once she casts this spell, she becomes all-powerful. But unfortunately, her sisters do disappear into the wind, into thin air. We don't know where they go, but they basically vanish from sight. And then in a turn of events, Winifred then shows her softer side almost. And in a quite sad moment in the film, actually, I actually found it quite sad watching. She basically realises that she's nothing without her sisters. And she wants to reverse the spell that she's done. She's willing to give up all the power just so she can be with her her sisters. I think she says something like, you know, without my sisters, my magic is meaningless or, or I'm nothing, something like that. Um, the teenage girls now have the book, so they are able to reverse the spell for her, but it doesn't bring her sisters back. What it does is send Winifred to them. So Winifred, at the end, we see her also kind of dissolving off in, into the wind, um, and she's very happy about this and, and thanks the girls. So we see a little bit of a, a turn, a slight turn in, in character for her, at the end there and then the three girls go off and you know they're these three young witches or one witch and, and her coven and they go off into the night so again I guess it could leave it open to another movie where we follow these three young girls on on their journey of magic but I quite liked that the the ending also could be you know that's it cut off we don't need to see it again it did raise a question for me still of what has actually happened to the Sanderson sisters. We know that they've all disappeared, but we don't know where they've gone. We don't know if they can be brought back again. If a black flame candle is lit again on Halloween night by a virgin, we don't know this time if, if they can ever come back or not. So who knows if there's going to be a, another one, another sequel to this movie in the works. Probably not after this, I would I would say, or I would hope. I think it would be very unnecessary but, you know, filmmakers have a have a way of managing to turn anything and, and making an, another movie out of it. So we'll, we'll see. Watch this space. So some of the things I dis... Let's say... Let's do start with my likes, what I liked about the movie. So like, like a lot of people, I loved seeing the Sanderson sisters. Again, I thought they brought that magic and that comedy that we see in the first one, I thought that all three actresses, Bette Midler, Kathy Najimi, Kathy Namiji, and Kathy Najimi, Kathy Najimi, and Sarah Jessica Parker, all kind of brought to life their original characters in in the same way. I don't think that it was evident that twenty nine years had passed. Um, it was they basically embodied those original characters, which I really really like to see how they did that. And just seeing them all together again was really, really nice. I think the nostalgia, um, again, was really, really great. There were some nice kind of nostalgic moments. So there was a moment when the mayor 
was waiting to get a candied apple and he turned around to get someone to hold his place in the queue for him and it was two people dressed up as, as Satan from the original movie and Satan's wife with the rollers in her hair and I thought that was really subtle at first and I really liked that. However, that reference, they then seemed to hammer home a little bit too much. There was another moment when the Sanderson sisters were walking past someone's house and they looked in the window and on TV they were watching Satan and his wife from the original movie on the TV and then those characters were there again on a bench just in the middle of the street. So it was the sort of thing, I think, it's really subtle the first time we saw it. I actually had to rewind it to check that it wasn't just a devil. And then I realised that he was with his wife. So it was definitely homage to, to those original two characters. I don't think they then needed to hammer it home three times. It felt a little bit overkill for, for me. I feel quite torn about the ending. And I don't know whether I liked it or not. Um, it made me feel emotional. So when we see Winifred um, actually kind of be like, do you know what, I don't need my powers because without the, without my sisters, they're worthless. Um, obviously, she doesn't <laughs> say it like that. Um, but yeah, that made me feel quite emotional and seeing a more emotive side to her. And then she kind of, you know, is happy to leave book with, with the three girls as, as she kind of disappears off. Um, so we see that almost kind of, a bit of more of a emotive side to her, I, I guess. Um, which I think, being a fan of the original movie, I quite liked that in a way. But I also think it wasn't really with keeping within keeping with her character. Um, I don't necessarily buy that that is how she would react in that situation. I kind of feel that instead she would be filled with, you know complete rage that this had happened so she would take all that power she would keep that almighty power and she would then seek revenge on the girls and, and the whole of Salem um just for the hell of it so I don't know if I completely buy seeing that more emotive side to her really but then I didn't I didn't hate the ending um what I didn't like was not knowing where the three of the witches have now have now gone, like I, I said earlier um, when I was talking about the, the plot, um, and knowing if they can come back again. Um, I mean, overall, I think, you know, I, I, the movie was fun. I wasn't bored watching it. Um, but there were definitely more criticisms I had of the movie. So talking about some of the moments that I, I maybe didn't like, I hated, absolutely hated the way that they came back and burst into song with, with the witches are, uh, witches are Back, which is um, obviously a parody of The Bitches Back by Alton John. It's the first time that we've seen them in 29 years, so obviously that scene has to be big and has to be bold, but it felt really, really cheap and really jarring and almost like a parody of the original because we have that song, you know, that moment at the party when they do I put a spell on you just because they did that it doesn't mean that they're kind of all singing all dancing witches who burst into song at any given moment and that is exactly what this moment was it had no point to the plot whatsoever it felt really silly obviously there was like a live but not a live band obviously there was 
music in the background so it wasn't just them singing in the woods out of excitement it just felt really really out of place and I really didn't like it I also didn't like when they had it again at the end with the credits of them in a recording studio doing it I thought even though they were still performing it in character I thought it completely took them out of character it was like when were you meant to have have done this like when you were off like trying to find children to eat around Salem it just felt really really unnecessary and I guess you know it was it was a fun scene at the end but they could have done that as promo or something and it not been linked to, to this movie at all I just I really didn't like it found it really really jarring sticking with music I didn't like that we also had another musical performance when they did one way or another um at the kind of village celebration um again it just kind of it, it felt like a parody of that original moment and I know that moment in the original is really iconic when they do perform I put a spell on you but it's much more that scene is much more in keeping with the plot obviously they're at um like a, a dance party thing and they take to the stage there's a band there anyway, they're kind of mistaken for performers by the audience, and they use that to cast a spell on the audience, you know, dance until you die. So it's used much more efficiently, I think, within the plot. I think both times in this, the song or the musical sequences, for me, just did not work at all, really, really didn't need to, to be done again. And it's almost like the writers saw that moment in the first movie, saw how iconic it is and probably one of the most remembered moments and thought you know how can we do that again with with this movie and um, but just yeah really really unnecessary I also wasn't a fan of the flashback at the beginning with them as children I know that they did it to create the connection to um the witches and the character of Cassie and her dad the mayor but I just wasn't a big a big fan of it I think that if we were going to have any flashback sequences I would have preferred to sin again I don't know a bit more maybe about the witches and their relationship with their mother or, or something I don't know but I just I didn't really like that at all I feel like overall they just try to recreate things that had worked in the first movie sticking or trying to pull through the nostalgia but it almost just was you know in, in moments it was cute for example I'm thinking about the you know Mary's broom in the original she has the vacuum cleaner and in this one when they were looking for brooms again she ends up with two robo vacuums whatever they're called and it was kind of cute I guess but also it made me groan a little bit um I don't think that they it's almost like the audience the writers thought the audience would be expecting it. So it was like, okay, how can we push this in? Okay, let's do this. There just seemed a lot of moments like that. Again, when they were running around Walgreens and, you know, amazed by the, the sliding doors, for example. I'm pretty sure they would have had sliding doors in, in 1993 when they first returned. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but it reminded me of the scene when they get on the bus and that's all new to them. And when they go into Satan's house and discover the TV there and, and things like that. I guess things like that, you know, again, the part of me that likes the original movie didn't mind it for the nostalgia, but I did think that it was a bit try hard and the writers were trying too hard to drag through elements of the original movie into this one. I feel like if you 
have not never seen Hocus Pocus and you just watch this movie because you could watch it as a standalone movie. I think you don't necessarily need to have seen the original to completely get what's going on. I feel like a lot would be lost on you and it would probably come across as, as a completely terrible movie and a complete waste of time. The plot I thought was okay, um, but it wasn't anything to write home again about. It was very simple, very simplistic. There were moments that I did think, are we really meant to buy this? Like when um, one of the teenage girls suddenly discovers that she has powers because it's her 16th birthday. Like, are we really meant to, to buy that? Not quite sure. Um, so yeah, certain things like that I, I wasn't a huge fan of. And I just thought it was a bit simplistic. Um, but then I don't think this movie was ever going to be all about the plot. I think it was mainly about seeing the characters of the Sanderson sisters again. And we did get those that comedy and that heart from them, I think. But I think overall, yeah, I don't think it was a necessary movie. I think it was almost a bit of a parody of itself. It didn't have as much charm and comedy. It did feel a little bit more more forced than the original. Um, so yeah, very, very unnecessary um, would I watch it again? Yeah, I'd probably watch it again. I did. So I should have watched the original and then this one again, but I watched this one and then I went back to watch the original again after it. And it made me realise how good that original one is in comparison. Um, so yeah, given given the choice, I'll, I'll always stick to, to the original, but I probably would watch this one again or I'd have it in the background, you know, like maybe next Halloween or something. Um, but yeah, marks out of 10, I would probably give it a 5.5, I think. So yeah, that sums up my thoughts. Do get in touch and let us know what you think. As always, you can find us on Instagram at ChatDisney or on Twitter at ChatDisneyUK. Mercedes, I don't know if she's seen this movie yet, but assuming she, as soon as she's home from Florida, I imagine it's going to be the top of her list because she is a huge Hocus Pocus fan. So when we speak in a couple of weeks about some of the more Halloweeny stuff to do with Disney, we will quickly get her thoughts on it as well. But I'm sure she will share them on Twitter in the meantime anyway. And that pretty much concludes today's episode. So I do hope that you have enjoyed listening. Mercedes will be back next week. I'm very excited to be with my partner in crime again, my Disney twin. And the next few weeks, we are going to be talking all about her trip to Walt Disney World. So I've spoken with her a couple of times since she's been away, but there is a lot to unpack. There's a lot to talk about food. I want to know what they did every day. I want to know what Grumpy thought. I want to know what she thought of Mickey's Not So Scary because they did manage to get tickets. So we have a lot to uncover and discuss over the next few weeks. So don't you don't want to miss out. Do make sure you tune in next Monday, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.